the only thing we have to fear. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline Three. in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I am your host this weekend, Nick Antonucci, joined today by Jarrett McKenzie and Logan Daniel from our planning department. Guys, appreciate you being here. Yeah, yeah of course. Be back. Yep. On another crazy week in the markets, right? <laughs> yeah, at least it's moving in the right direction. Yeah, so. exactly. It's a good start I, to I September. I don't necessarily know why, um, but I'll take it. Up, yeah. up is good. Green yeah, is good. Yeah. The trade, the trade talks. Yeah. The continued trade talks, which we'll get into because this continues to blow my yeah. mind. It's just amazing how many directions that thing yeah, goes exactly. day to day. And that the markets will trade on. But anyways, you guys know we like to kick off the show with kind of a recap about what's been going on in the economy, in the stock market. You know, maybe cover some of the hot sectors, the hot economic releases for the week. So won't waste time. Kind of get into there. As we said, it's been a good week for stocks. Um, up 3.18%. We're within 2% of our all-time highs again, guys. Wow. Is that close? Yeah, 2%. And, you know, look back a week ago, look back to August, and it was the sky mm-hmm. is falling. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing for me that I, I'm still not convinced of, the economic data has not been so good that I think it justifies getting back to those all-time highs. I mean, it wasn't horrible this week. We've seen worse that in the past few weeks. Yeah. So well, it's relative, more surprising it's that we saw the inversion of the yield curve. And, and while it's not inverted at the time of this recording, yeah, it's a two bips. It's still been a good start to September and, and has been ticking upwards even when we've had that. Which you know the first day first day that that happened, what a couple of weeks back, yeah, it was a huge concern. Which I mean, it's still a concern, but there's not a lot of other data that is going along with that that, that would also kind of lead us to some additional concerns that maybe we've had in the past when we see a recession indicator like that just <laughs> flashing red. Yeah, the employment picture still looks strong. We'll get our latest uh, jobs report for August tomorrow. We're recording this Thursday. So Friday, what is that, the 6th, September the 6th? Yep, that's um, it. And uh, that, that should be pretty telling, especially because you look ahead two weeks from now, we have a Fed meeting. And, you know, if you were to look at the, the Fed's dual mandate, it's, you know, manage inflation and keep jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the employment situation. And the employment situation still hasn't really weakened um, at all. Mm-hmm. So ahead of a Fed meeting, it would be interesting to see, do you have a blowout number? Do you have an, the, the ADP number came out today. is pretty decent. Um, do you have a, a miss, which, you know, further makes the Fed look dovish? If you have too mm-hmm. high of a number... Does that mean that the, the Fed takes a more hawkish stance ahead of of their FOMC meeting in two weeks? Um, right now, the expectation is for a rate cut, 25 basis points, 90% likelihood of a 25 basis point rate cut, 10% likelihood of a 50 basis point rate cut. I don't think there's any chance that happens. But what I struggle with is have economic conditions weakened to the point where it justifies another cut? It was basically what they considered a, I don't know if you want to call it an insurance cut, back in in August um, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. July, whenever it was. Um, But you're seeing a pickup in inflation. 
The jobs picture still looks bright. Manufacturing's weakened, but it's basically all I can put together. It's on on global growth concerns, which yeah. are still real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. And and the, and the trade war. You know, Logan, mm-hmm. you said continued trade talks, right? It's it's yeah. funny. I'm gonna try and get this posted to our social media. Um, but an article I read, a guy posted uh, recent headlines since January, and it's like every month you have world markets hit 2019 high amid trade war optimism, share surge on China factory rebound trade optimism, stock futures ride amid rise amid fresh trade optimism, stocks rally and earnings trade optimism. These are this is every <laughs> single month since January. We're now in September, and, and we'll nothing, probably have it's, another. It's one. done nothing but. Mm-hmm. deteriorate the situation yeah. done nothing but deteriorate so what i struggle with is making sense of markets rallying on any sort of trade related headline at this point mm-hmm. when we've had no reason to expect that it's gotten any better or we're any closer to a deal today we find out and that's why the market's up so big today a one and a half percent at the time of this recording is that in october u.s and chinese trade officials will meet in the u.s and continue talks okay what reason does anybody have to move closer to a deal at this point? If anything, from what seen. I've read, you have yeah. Chinese trade officials that are more pissed off than they were before because Donald Trump is imposing greater tariffs. It's mm-hmm. not helping the tensions. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good thing that they're moving in the right direction, but that's but not I, done anything to but the are fundamentals. They? I don't – kind of the same, same thing every, every it's, month. It's headline. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's talk. Well, Show me something. Getting together, mm-hmm. you know, at least coming to the table again when it seems the past couple of months at least that they've been moving sort of away from that. But every time the they meet, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens. I'm not convinced that these talks are constructive at all because nothing positive has come of it at yeah. all. Yet we're almost back to all-time highs. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Well, that's got a lot to do with the rest of the economic data, like you were saying earlier. There's a lot of health in all these other areas that, you know, we would think or maybe have more concern about. Uh, the, the situation if they were also suffering along with maybe this interest rate environment. But at a, the end of the a day, second cut ahead of all with, yeah. within 2% of all time highs in the stock market. It's crazy. A second cut. So, I, like, when things really do go to hell in a handbasket, deteriorate, what, then what? Mm-hmm. That's my concern. And also, another 25 basis point cut. If you're trying to spur companies to start spending, deploy capital, it's money's already cheap. When yeah, you're at yeah. two yeah. to two and a quarter percent and you cut to. What one seventy five to two? Who cares? <laughs> Honestly, it's still still cheap money. Yeah, who cares? What I mean, what difference does that really make? Right. What do you think will happen if they don't don't cut? Oh, <laughs> oh, it'll sell off hard. <laughs> Would you say hell in a handbag? That's yeah, that's, that's yeah, I, that's priced. <laughs> a, a cut is priced in. Yeah, if, that's if it, the cut doesn't happen, we're selling off very very hard. But mm-hmm. I I mean I think it. This Fed officials have given. There's been no language out of Fed officials to indicate that there won't be a cut. Everything we've heard so far, you know, suggests that, yeah, it's it's going to happen and it's going to be 25 basis points. But, you know, other things we got going on, we said global slowdown. That's still very real, global growth mm-hmm. slowdown. It's the same way with the U.S. I mean, we're not operating in a vacuum. You know, every, every the issues with China affect us here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that in interest rates. You've had um, the 10-year bond fall from 2.02 when the Fed cut rates in July down to 1.46% is the yield on 10-year bond. And, and what is what do these market interest rates kind of signal? It, it's growth expectations. So mm-hmm. when your 10-year bond's yielding 1.46%, you've got a growth component there, an inflation component there. What does that say about real growth? It's 
it's not good. It's yeah. not fair. It's not good. Not faring very well. Um, also news um, out of the U.K., Brexit was kind of lawmakers dealt two blows to, to Boris Johnson, prime minister. Um, he's pushing kind of for a, a no-deal Brexit, a hard Brexit, and parliament basically has passed, voted down his hopes of doing so right now, basically significantly reduces chances of a, a hard Brexit with no deal. So that's that's a positive for the global economy. So maybe you don't get that October no deal Brexit. They remain in the EU. Um, still to be seen. Not really sure what's going to happen there. But um, we were talking about you know domestic economic news, and we've had a number of indicators come out. Starting last Friday that we didn't cover um, through today, Thursday, we had personal income data come out, um, and nominal personal incomes increased 0.1% following a revised 0.5% gain in June. Good news there. Uh, real disposable income, which is key for consumer spending, obviously, uh, was up 0.1% in July. Uh, consumer sentiment, not a big surprise here. Uh, the the flare-up in the trade war and the drop in the stock market that was experienced in August is weighing on consumer confidence. You saw the total index fall to 89.8 from 98.4 in July. That's a huge drop, right? Mm -hmm. Nine points, almost nine points. Um, the decline was led by the expectations component, which fell 10.6 points, while the uh, current conditions index fell 5.4%. So the consumer is being affected. What will be interesting is next week we get some retail sales data. So yeah, consumer attitudes are being affected here, but is that translating into tightening the purse strings, um, you know, cutting back on the discretionary spending, which is obviously huge for the domestic economy. Um, ISM manufacturing index came out on Tuesday. It was the first time since the end of the energy route the U.S. manufacturing sector is contracting. The index fell from 51.2 in July to 49.1 in August. So what's important about this reading is 50 is kind of the neutral threshold. If you're 50 or above, you're in expansionary territory for the manufacturing sector. Anything sub 50 is considered contractionary. And this is the lowest reading since Janu January of 2016. Wow. So a big slowdown in manufacturing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mortgage applications on Wednesday, you saw mortgage activity drop 3.1%. Uh, refinance index fell 7.7%. So uh, you saw the purchase index uh, rise 3.6%. So not a big shock there. I feel like... If you haven't refinanced yet, I don't really know what's going to make you refinance because yeah, the money's I mean, cheap. Yep, not going to get much cheaper either, so you may as well. Absolutely not. Um, and then the Fed came out on Wednesday with their uh, their beige book report, basically covers the 12 uh, Fed districts' macro look at hey, what's what's going on in the 12, across the Fed 12, the Fed's 12 districts. Overall, you saw uh, modest growth in in nearly every district, so nothing too concerning there. So as you said, Jared. The data has been pretty decent this week. Whether you know that continues in the week ahead with several uh, several big releases due out um, is earnings. to be seen. Yeah. You know, yeah. volatility will likely continue. And you know, there's a few more things came up in the in the previous week. But all right, guys. So a couple more things to touch on uh, before we move into our uh, client situation of the week. Um, jobless claims were released uh, on Thursday. Um, inched up 1,000, kind of meaningless. The four-week moving average uh, declined, and continuing claims dropped by 39,000. Good news there, again, with the employment situation. And the last thing I want to touch on is the U.S. non-manufacturing sector. Um, we had the ISM non-manufacturing, also known as the Services Index, uh, come out on Thursday, and it increased from 53.7 in July to 56.4 in August. So great news there, right? 
Yeah. But what's interesting, and you see this when you have, you know, several sources that measure the same the same kind of indicator. We also have a company called Market IHS that comes out with their own PMI surveys, things like that, and they come out with their services index, and it's like 50.7. So I'm like struggling to really understand how one source has a reading of 56.4 and the other is 50.7, kind of on the verge of contraction there. Yeah, so some mixed signals. It's a pretty big deviation. If you yeah. go if you go with ISM, services sector still looks strong, yeah. which is the majority of the U.S. economy. You know, manufacturing is obviously not mm-hmm. not that huge a component, but um, yeah. So the ISM has always been more there. commonly followed, right? I mean, is that sort of the standard or uh, the benchmark? I don't or? know that one's any more followed than the other. We look at them both. That what we subscribe to covers ISM more widely, which is a movie yeah. service that we that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard to say, but kind of conflicting messages there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Um, we'll take a quick break, uh, pay some bills, and, and when we come back, we'll cover what else happened uh, over the course of the previous week. You listen to Money Talks. We'll be right back. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.